In today's episode, we are going over the best shoulder health exercises for Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit. Let's do it. Welcome to the Fitness Pain-Free Show, where I help physical therapists learn how to get their clients out of pain and back to training in the gym. My name is Dan Pope, and I'll be your instructor. I'm a physical therapist, coach, and fellow meathead. I love training just as much as you do and want to help you get all of your patients out of pain and back to the gym where they belong. First and foremost, thank you so much for your support. You truly allow me to do what I love for a living. My name is Dan Pope. I'm a physical therapist, coach, personal trainer, and a meathead. Yes, I love working out. I love fitness. This is the Fitness Pain-Free Show where we help coaches and physical therapists like you get your patients out of pain and back to training. If you're watching this on YouTube, please give me a like. Leave a comment below and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this via podcast, please consider giving me a positive rating. It really, really helps. If you want to go that extra step and support the channel further, please consider subscribing to Fitness Pain-Free Insiders. It is a comprehensive educational resource and toolkit for the fitness and rehab professional. Think Netflix, but for trainers and physical therapists. It has premium content from yours truly. I've been doing this for years and years and years. I think we're up to around six or seven years. I update it monthly and have been for this entire time period. You've got over 100 webinars, books, complete guides, and you have a private Facebook group where you can ask whatever you'd like from me. You can also decide upcoming podcast episodes as well. You can get started for $1. It's extremely cheap, and you can cancel at any time below. So please head over to fitnesspainfree.com, click on the programs, and then click on Fitness Pain-Free Insiders Online Library where you can subscribe. And I will leave a link in the show notes where you can easily find it and sign up. Thank you very much. What are the best rotator cuff exercises for CrossFitters and Olympic weightlifters? Number one, elbow elevated dumbbell external rotation. Number two, 90-90 band external rotation. Number three, 90-90 band external rotation to overhead press. Number four, prone Y. Number five, Cuban press. Number six, scaption. Number seven, tempo dumbbell overhead press. Number eight, bottoms up kettlebell pressing. So, I'm going to explain exactly why I love these exercises. If you don't care, you just want to see the exercises with some demo videos. I've made an entire article for that and I've left it in the show notes. Go ahead and check that out. Now let's get started on the whys. Why are we talking about the rotator cuff so much? Well, first and foremost, it's very important as a dynamic stabilizer of the shoulder, right? So what does that mean? It's very, very important when we catch a barbell overhead. So the function of the rotator cuff is to hug the ball into the socket, right? So to hug the humeral head into the glenoid, if we don't have good function of the rotator cuff then the ball moves more in the socket every once in a while, while Olympic lifting, someone will dislocate a shoulder, right? Which is obviously not a good thing. It doesn't happen very frequently, but the rotator cuff is responsible for preventing that motion along with the shoulder capsule, right? So the other reason why the rotator cuff is so important is because rotator cuff pathology is commonly reported in the medical literature for Olympic weightlifters, right? And if we want our rotator cuff to get stronger, if we want to get a pain, if we want to get back to training, it makes sense that we want to try to train the rotator cuff in order to do that, right? So 
Why do I believe these are the best rotator cuff exercises? Uh, well, for one, we have to think about the specific demands of Olympic lifts. And again, these are all my thoughts. There's not a ton of literature on the rotator cuff and Olympic weightlifting. There is some for all the references I use that will be in the show notes. You can check that out. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments, right? But let's think about the Olympic lift specifically. And first we'll talk about the jerk. So in the jerk, we have a dip followed by an overhead press and then a catch, right? And in the jerk, we're not utilizing our shoulders to drive the motion so much through the pressing portion of the lift. And what I mean by that is that when we dip and drive, most of the momentum to get the barbell moving is coming from the lower body, right? And then when we catch that weight overhead, it's 100% of the load being supported by the shoulders, right? So that catch portion is very, very important. And the other part that's very important and often the area that athletes will complain that they have pain if they're coming to me, I'm a physical therapist, so they're going to tell me all their pain problems, uh, is a lowering portion, right? So a lot of folks will say when they have shoulder pain uh, and they're Olympic weightlifters or crossfitters that they can do jerks if they can just drop the barbell on the floor afterwards, right? Anytime they have to lower it back into that front rack position, it really, really hurts, right? So here's the thing. The shoulder and specifically the rotator cuff needs to be able to press that weight overhead, needs to be able to catch that heavy load and then control the weight back down into that rack position, right? And the motions the shoulder is doing when you're doing a jerk, right? Or pressing something overhead is going to be resisted flexion and resisted abduction, right? And classically in the medical literature, you'll see that the infraspinatus and the supraspinatus is used quite a bit to do those movements, right? So any sort of scaption exercise has high EMG of the supraspinatus, right? And here's the thing, uh, generally speaking with resisted abduction, the subscapularis is relatively quiet, right? However, we actually do have some research in the overhead press. It's not a jerk, right? So we don't know exactly what's going on in a jerk, but we have a little bit of research. And again, put the link in the show notes where when we do an overhead press, the supraspinatus, the infraspinatus, and the subscapularis are all quite active, right? So really, when we're doing overhead pressing movements like the jerk, we're thinking about all of the parts of the rotator cuff, really, right? And the last point that I think is a is really um, important to understand, the principle that's important to understand, is that when we're doing a jerk, we're using heavy, heavy loads, we're moving a barbell very quickly, Right. And the heavier a load is, the more you're going to recruit your rotator cuff, right? And from a rehab perspective, if we want the rotator cuff to be able to handle the forces of Olympic weightlifting, we probably need to get a little bit heavier with our rotator cuff exercises and maybe add a little bit of speed. Now, I'm not saying that you should be doing one rep max scaption. I don't think that's the, the case at all. Uh, however, your generic sets of three of 10 to 12 might be a bit light, right? Maybe early on in the rehab, you're doing lighter uh, reps, higher reps. But as we progress further along into the rehab program, and also as more of a preventative tool, maybe you want to do sets of six, sets of eight, something that's a little bit heavier, maybe a little faster on the concentric portion, just to mimic the same forces that the shoulder takes during Olympic lifts, right? So how about the snatch? We talked a little about the jerk, right? And during the jerk, the shoulder is working a ton, but it's also working a ton during the snatch, uh, but a little bit different stress, right? So if you think about a snatch, there's two major portions of the snatch where the shoulder is doing a lot. Uh, for one, you have the turnover portion, right? So when you hit triple extension in a snatch, you're fully extended from the ankles, knees, hips, lumbar spine, right? You have a nice big shrug. 
you have to turn over the bar, drop under the bar, and then catch, right? And we have some pretty cool research, EMG research, of what's going on in the rotator cuff uh, during this part of the Olympic lift. So during the turnover, as well as during the catch, the supraspinatus and the infraspinatus are very active, right? So a little caveat here. Um, in this one study, they didn't put any sort of EMG on the subscapularis or the teres minor to see what the heck was going on, right? So we don't actually know if the subscap uh, was contributing a lot. But what I will say is that during the turnover portion of the snatch, when you have your elbows high and outside, you're going from a position of internal rotation. And then as you catch, you turn over into external rotation, right? So the posterior cuff or the infraspinatus is going to be responsible for externally rotating the shoulder. It makes sense. The infraspinatus is going to be very, very active, right? And during the catch position of the snatch, all of a sudden you have to have high forces, of the infraspinatus, of the supraspinatus to hold that ball into the socket just because that full weight over your head is trying to drive the ball down in the socket. And all those muscles have to fire in order to stabilize the joint. All right. So in conclusion, the supraspinatus and infraspinatus muscle is very, very important, probably most important in Olympic lifts. Although don't forget the subscap because we know it's important for a press overhead. But the other part is that the research we have doesn't even address the subscap, whether or not it's active during these exercises, right? Um, so generally, we're going to pick exercises that have high EMG of the supraspinatus and the infraspinatus, which is going to be exercises that are going to be resisted flexion and abduction, resisted external rotation, and also pressing. Because if you think about a press, it's very, very similar to scaption. So during scaption, you have your thumb facing up. So you have relative external rotation of the shoulder and you're lifting or abducting the arm. When we do a press, you have your palms facing up towards the ceiling, elbows are underneath the hand. So, so relative external rotation again, and then you're pressing fully overhead, which is just going to be resisted flexion, just like scaption is. So it makes sense that any sort of press overhead is going to have similar EMG to let's say a scaption. All right. Keep in mind the one study showed the subscap was also active as well. All right. So what are we doing? We're choosing rotator cuff exercises that have high EMG of the supraspinatus and infraspinatus, right? So again, resisted flexion, abduction, resisted external rotation, and press exercises. We're also choosing exercises that are going to be similar to the stress of Olympic weightlifting on the shoulder, all right? So I'm choosing rotator cuff exercises that are above 90 degrees of shoulder flexion. I'm choosing exercises that have heavier loads. And I'm emphasizing certain positions that are going to be important Olympic weightlift, weightlifting, excuse me. So similar to pressing weights overhead and lowering weights overhead, like the demand you'll see in a jerk, choosing exercises that are going to mimic that turnover portion of the snatch, right? And also mimicking exercises that are going to be similar to the lockout portion of a jerk and snatch, because A, that's a hard part um, of the movement on the shoulder. And B, oftentimes when people get hurt during Olympic lifts, it's during that catch position. I want to get that position as strong as possible. It kind of serves as insurance in case my shoulder doesn't like a specific rep. It's able to handle that force and doesn't get hurt, right? Exercise number one is the elbow elevated dumbbell external rotation. So in this movement, you're sitting down, you have one leg elevated up on the floor or the bench and your elbow is resting on your knee. And one of the reasons why I like this exercise is because we're externally rotating against the load and you have your elbow at 90 degrees, which is going to mimic the same turnover position of a snatch, all right? The other thing is this is going to be resisted external rotation. 
which we know is going to target the infraspinatus. And it's a very important muscle during Olympic lifts. Exercise number two, 90-90 band external rotation. And the reason why I like this one is because it's very similar to the turnover position of the snatch, just like the last exercise. So you're 90 degrees of abduction and you have resisted external rotation, which we know targets the infraspinatus and supraspinatus. And we're emphasizing that turnover portion of the snatch. Exercise number three, very similar to exercise number two, 90-90 band external rotation to overhead press. So same exact motion as a 90-90 band external rotation, except once we finish the external rotation, we now press completely overhead. And what's nice about this exercise is that it's going to focus on that turnover portion of the snatch, but also is going to strengthen the lockout portion for jerks and snatches as well. So we're starting to be a little bit more specific to the lockout portion of Olympic lifts with a rotator cuff exercises. Exercise number four is a prone Y. I like this is because it has high EMG of the infraspinatus and the supraspinatus. And we're also going towards lockout. So this is going to be helpful for building strength and stability for locking weights out overhead. Next exercise is the Cuban press. This is a very interesting exercise. I actually love it. So standing up, you have two light dumbbells and you pull the dumbbells up into a high and outside position or scarecrow position. And from here, you externally rotate until your, your end range of external rotation, and you come right back down into internal rotation, back to your side. So what's really cool about this exercise is it's kind of like a slow muscle snatch. So it really is focusing on that turnover portion of the snatch, building some resiliency in that very uh, specific position for the snatch. Next is good old scaption or abduction with a thumbs up. So one of the reasons why I really like this exercise is because it just has, it's been shown time and time again to have very high EMG for the supraspinatus as well as the infraspinatus. When you turn your thumbs up, it's going to mimic some slight external rotation of the shoulder. And that's exactly what your shoulder does when you're pressing loads overhead. So again, specific to our Olympic lifts, particularly the jerk. It's really nice in folks to have irritable shoulders because we can use nice low loads. We can go slowly, which is great for folks that can't tolerate heavier loading initially. Like I said previously, it mimics that pressing motion overhead, very similar to an overhead press, just probably a little bit slower with less load. Next, dumbbell overhead press. And one of the reasons why I like this exercise is because we're getting closer and closer to our barbell jerk. So we're looking more and more specific towards the Olympic lifts with this exercise. We can start to load it a little bit heavier, which is going to be important uh, because when we lift heavy weights for Olympic weightlifting, we're not going slow. We're using heavy loads. And we're going quickly. So when we use a dumbbell overhead press, that's going to be a little bit closer to a jerk than let's say dumbbell scaption, right? It has high EMG of the supraspinatus as well as infraspinatus, although we probably have decent, uh, excuse me, subscapularis activation as well. And it's a phenomenal exercise for building strength overall in the shoulder. Uh, I just feel that in folks that Olympic lift regularly, they should have some sort of overhead pressing into the program. Uh, and the dumbbell overhead press kind of fits that bill. So here's what I want you to do next, guys. If you enjoyed this video so far, I have an entire course. It's free. It's called the Fitness Pain-Free Mini Course. And we go over three lessons going to help you take a lot of this information that we went over so far and put it into practice. The first lecture is called Why We Need a Better System. 
So first and foremost, the way we treat fitness individuals, all right, athletic people in the gym from a physical therapy perspective is pretty much broke. Okay. So we need a better system to serve the folks that are in the gym that get hurt. They want to get back to training. All right. Lecture number two is called seven reasons why people get hurt in the gym. And essentially we have to know the reasons why people get hurt in the gym so we can keep them safe in the future. Right. And when they get hurt, we have to know why and how to get them back to training in the gym. Okay. So a thorough understanding of this is very, very important. I actually have a really cool infographic that goes along with this lecture that you get for free as well. And lastly, we go over a case study of how to get someone out of pain and back to training. So these principles are all phenomenal, but we don't actually put it together and you don't understand how to create a program to get people back in the gym and keep them safe for the long term, then we lose, right? So I'll put a link in the show notes for this. It's a fitness pain-free mini course. Definitely check this out. What are the best physical therapy exercises for shoulder pain in CrossFitters and Olympic weightlifters? Number one. Rotator cuff exercises that emphasize the infraspinatus and supraspinatus, like the dumbbell overhead press and 90-90 band external rotation. Number two, unstable overhead press variations like a kettlebell bottoms up press. Number three, windmill variations. Number four, overhead carries. Number five, jerk recoveries. Number six, behind the neck press variations. Now, if you don't want to hear the rationale behind why I choose these exercises, that's fine. I created a whole article for you. The link is in the show notes. I go over all these exercises with demonstrations of how to perform them. You can check them out right now. I recommend going there anyway, even if you do listen to the rest of this video. All right. But now let's go over the rationale as to why I like these movements. So rotator cuff exercises. So which ones did I choose, right? I like to choose a 90-90 band external rotation. I also like dumbbell overhead press, right? And I want to choose rotator cuff exercises that are going to mimic the specific demands of a given sport. So if you think about a jerk, when you're doing a jerk, you're pressing a weight overhead, you're locking it out overhead, and then you're lowering it back down to a front rack position. Sounds a lot like an overhead press to me, right? The only thing is that we utilize our lower body to get the barbell moving and we catch it in a locked out position, right? So that pressing portion is not as important. Being able to lock out that weight is incredibly important, right? Second part is that you can use your lower body to drive the weight overhead. You can't use your lower body as much to lower that back down into the front rack position. So usually that lowering portion of a jerk is a little tougher on the shoulder than pressing it overhead. And folks that have shoulder pain will often tell me, hey, it hurts a ton when I lower barbells from overhead, but if I can just do a jerk and then drop the weight on the floor, my shoulder feels okay, right? So the movements that we want to choose from a rotator cuff perspective are ones that have high requirement of the supraspinatus and infraspinatus. That's simply because when we do a snatch, the turnover portion of the snatch utilizes muscles a lot. And when we're pressing a barbell overhead and lowering it back down, those muscles are also very, very active. So that's the reason why I chose a dumbbell overhead press and a band 90-90 external rotation. These are phenomenal exercises. Number two, unstable overhead press variations. Now this is like a half kneeling kettlebell bottoms up overhead press. Now these are phenomenal because they build a ton of stability overhead. You're pressing something overhead that's inherently a little bit unstable, right? When you're doing Olympic weightlifting, when you're snatching and when you're jerking, you don't always get the barbell in the perfect position every single time you finish the lift. Obviously, the goal is to get in the perfect position every time, but oftentimes we don't. 
So I feel like these exercises are phenomenal because they build a little extra insurance for the shoulder for reps that go wrong or don't land in that perfect position, right? It can help to improve the health of the shoulder in that locked out position, especially for reps going wrong. Number three, windmill variations. So this would be a standing windmill or something like a half kneel windmill. And one of the reasons why I really like these exercises is kind of they're going to build strength and stability in the very end ranges of motion of the shoulder. And during a snatch in particular, you're really challenging the shoulder at its end range of abduction or flexion and oftentimes external rotation. Okay. So if we want to uh, build some strength and uh, stability of the shoulder joint in those positions, windmill exercises are phenomenal for that. Generally speaking, you're at the very end range of your motion and you're going through kind of a precarious position. Uh, and just like those unstable bottoms up presses, they're going to build a little extra insurance into the shoulder so it can handle those forces for those reps going wrong. Number four, overhead carries. So arguably the most important part of the shoulder, excuse me, the most challenging part for the shoulder is locking out a weight overhead. And this is going to be for the snatch as well as the jerk. So just being able to fully lock out the elbow, arm fully overhead and catch that heavy, heavy load is extremely challenging for the shoulder. If we don't have the strength or capacity of the shoulder in that position, then sometimes the shoulder gets hurt, right? Olympic weightlifting is all about strength at lockout. So when we do an overhead carry, we're building strength, we're building stability in that fully locked out position which is phenomenal for health in the shoulder. Number five, jerk recoveries. I love these exercises, right? So this is not something that I started using until a few years ago. And I had a couple great coaches that introduced me to these. Um, one was Vanessa McCoy, a phenomenal, excuse me, a phenomenal Olympic weightlifting coach. And what she does is that she puts a barbell on jerk blocks, right? Or you can also set these up in a barbell rack with the J hooks up nice and high. And what you do is you set yourself up in your split jerk or push jerk position, right? In that catch position, arms fully locked out, weight on the bar. And then you just lift the barbell slightly up off of those J hooks. And then you finish your jerk, right? And what's great about this exercise is it's going to build tremendous strength and capacity at lockout. So in that split jerk position, you can even do it in a wide grip. So it's kind of mimicking the forces of a snatch when you catch a snatch, right? And the other thing that it's phenomenal for is that it's going to work on your technique, that catch position of a split jerk. Uh, a lot of folks have a hard time getting their feet in the right position, getting the right, uh, excuse me, knee bend on the backside trail leg and working the split jerk recovery is great to slow down the movement a little bit, get into the positions you need to, and really hammer that technique. Lastly, the split jerk and push jerk recovery is a great confidence booster, right? So if we're not focused on all of the parts of Olympic lifts from the floor, right? So trying to get uh, a good bar path, good triple extension, barbell close to your body, that's a lot to think about, right? Oftentimes we don't have the opportunity to think about locking that weight out overhead in a good position. So if we can get some good load on the bar and work some jerk recoveries, that's going to strengthen the shoulder joint for sure, but also going to build a little bit of confidence so that when we throw a weight overhead in a jerk or a snatch, we actually feel like we have the strength and stability in the shoulder joint to be able to catch that weight, right? So great exercise for that. Next, behind the necks press, excuse me, behind the neck press variations. So, you know, I'm making a video about shoulder health and I am giving my athletes behind the neck press variations. 
And a lot of folks are going to see this and just say, this is stupid. You know, pressing behind the neck is bad for you. Well, A, I don't believe that. B, if you give this movement to an Olympic weightlifter, they're not going to blink their eyes. Okay. There's a lot of behind the neck press and jerk variation stuff, um, exercises, accessory exercises floating around Olympic weightlifting world. They've been there for years and years and years, right? As an Olympic weightlifter, you need to build your end ranges. Okay. If you don't have great strength, stability, and control in your end ranges, you're likely to get hurt. You're likely to miss your lifts. You're likely to have trouble building your lifts, right? Think about the bottom of a squat, right? We need to be super strong down there because you're basically throwing as much weight as possible into a front rack position, landing in a rock bottom squat. If you don't have a really robust bottom position of your squat, you're in some trouble. Same thing goes for the overhead position. You're throwing a weight overhead and catching it in a fully locked out position at the end range of the shoulder motion, right? If you don't have good stability there, you're going to be in some trouble. So the behind the neck press is phenomenal because it works your end ranges in a very specific position for snatches, overhead squats, right? Catching jerks, uh, just a phenomenal exercise to build all of that. Okay. So if you're not an Olympic weightlifter, you probably don't need to do much behind the neck work. However, if you are an Olympic weightlifter, I really like this movement to help prepare you for your Olympic lifts. And lastly, we have all of the references. So if you want to go and check out these references, I'd actually love to hear you, your thoughts on some of these references too, because I'm reading them and I'm trying to figure things out myself, but I love your feedback. You know, I think this brainstorming is really important as physical therapists. I love when you guys respond. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'm going to leave all the references in the show notes. So definitely check those out. All right. Thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon.